Hello and welcome to another Wednesday episode of the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. Black Widow here, joined by the illustrious Dr. Manhattan again. Hello and welcome. Or welcome and hello. Slinky is also part of today's podcast, he has decided, as he's trying to jump up on the laptop. I'm not picking you up. Go lie down. He's probably always most ready to record. His face. (laughs) Um, Today we are going to be discussing a group of sadistic individuals that I didn't know about until I got my really cool serial killer map. Uh, off Etsy and then put it up on the wall in the podcast room. So let's get right into it. I will say please don't forget to like, follow, share all the good things with fellow true crime, creepy, ghosty, cryptid humans. Uh, I would like that very, very much. I promise I'm cool. You know, the usual. Uh, I will also say that this is a trigger episode for rape and sexual assault. Just want to let everybody know that now before I get too far into the details. Um, They are pretty icky for all lack of better words. So just be aware as we approach the episode. Uh, So today I'm going to tell y'all and Dr. Manhattan about the Ripper Crew, which was active in 1981 and 1982 in Chicago. And the Ripper, come here, come here, come this way, come here. Oh my goodness, come on, come on, come on. You have to help me help you. You're such a diva. Okay, I have to hold you like this though. Okay, so the Ripper Crew consisted of four members, Robin Gecht, Edward Spritzer, and brothers Andrew and Thomas Kokorales, I think. Um, Gecht at the time was 30 years old and was reported to be the leader of their group. Spritzer was 21, and Andrew and Thomas were only 18. It's crazy. Yeah. Talk about the uh, cult mindset. I'm not picking you up. Go over to Dr. Manhattan. There you go. Or just sit there. Um, I would also like to insert the interesting fact that we will eventually come back to discuss uh, that Gecht had actually been employed by PDM Contractors, which, if you did not know, was John Wayne Gacy's contracting company. So he is an ex-employee of Gacy. He is also accused of molesting his sister and, you know, just generally like a really shitty person. So don't expect him to get better as a person as we get through this. He's just going to stay a shitty person. So these four individuals considered themselves Satanists. Uh, I would like to say that there is a difference between being affiliated with the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan, and that the Satanic Temple would have never condoned this type of behavior or ritualistic killings. Uh, You know, killing people is frowned upon and is in fact like a direct violation of one of their seven membership tenants. Uh, it's the first one actually. And uh, the Church of Satan I have like zero knowledge or affiliation with so I can't tell you what they do, who they are, what their beliefs are. So just different. Important to know that they're different. So Amazing what people will do in the name of something that totally contradicts that thing. Yes, we are also uh, well at least the 
the media and the investigators at this time, you know, it's the early 80s, you've got the satanic panic, so they're not really looking into if any of it's made up, B, if it's actually following any, you know, Church of Satan stuff, and then seeing, you know, what the validity is because they're so afraid of it. So there's not a whole lot of research into these things that are happening. So I just want to caveat all of that. Um, so anyways, uh, Spritzer and the Cocorales brothers would drive through the city in their van, just kind of searching for young women to pray on. And when they found someone they liked, they would kidnap the woman, throw her in the van, and then take her to Geck's apartment, which they referred to as the Satanic Chapel, which is, you know, ludicrous, but I digress. Um, unfortunately, they typically preyed on sex workers, so we know from that time frame it's high risk. They are not, you know, really looked for by the police or investigators in that community. It's just assumed that they run off or they escape or still, any of that stuff. Still. still, yeah. It's a little bit better in some places, but it's still, it is a high-risk group. It's easy for to prey on those people. It's, you know, I could go on and on and on. Um, so once they got their victim back to Gek's apartment, they would beat, torture, and mutilate their victims. Uh, often, I think almost every time, the victims would be raped and sexually violated, if not one, definitely the other. And a lot of the media reports say that this was done in ritualistic ways, but I'm going to attribute that to their lack of knowledge and just kind of assume that Gekt made a bunch of rituals up and was like, ah, this is how we do this in the name of Satan instead of, you know what I mean. Um, so there's that. Uh, their MO for murder was like, all over the place, then they were like not consistent. So they stabbed, strangled, shot, uh, hacked at one or two victims with an ax. So there's no consistent method of killing, <clears throat> which again comes back to the, it, was there really a ritual or we just making stuff very up? Very ritualistic. No, no, uh, yeah. There, there was one part that was, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second after I take a sip of water here. Um, so the gruesome part that I think investigators and the media attributed to the ritualistic factor, and then just assumed that everything else was done in a ritualistic manner, was that um, as each murder was carried out, Gecht would read passages of the Satanic Bible, and I'm saying a satanic bible not the satanic bible because of all of that other stuff because who knows it, what version he's using where he got it if he didn't write it if he wrote it all that shit um and then they would remove the victim's breast with wire while she was still alive masturbate into it and then chop it up and eat it yeah really 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 gross not very lovely um also i'm sure very painful um and it was stated that sometimes they would then rape the victim through the new hole in their chest cavity post-mortem as well. So, uh, really violent, really sadistic, really kind of fucked up group of dudes at this point. Is the idea, though, that they all participated in that? Or that it was actually in the way? Like So as we get into the story a little bit more... Um, what we do know is that everybody was participating. What people were caught with and what people were convicted of 
Totally different story. Yep. <clears throat> so now I've given like a general overview of how terrible and disgusting these assholes are. Uh, I'll get into each murder. The details are pretty scattered. And honestly, like, if you guys follow me from Black Widow and the Banshee, you know that I fucking hate most news outlets. And, you know, they never go back and correct any of their material if it isn't correct. So I did the best with what I could find. Uh, so if you just want to buckle up your seatbelt over there, Dr. Manhattan. Click it in. Well, I actually like to use a quote from Jurassic Park right. and just advise all the listeners out there to hang on to their butts. That's better, I guess. Fine. Fasten the seatbelt as well, just in case. Yeah. So, um, so starting on May twenty third. I left this one out of order. Please hold. Starting on May fifteenth in. Nope. Nope. I'm so sorry. I can't read. May 23rd, 1981. 28-year-old Linda Sutton was abducted from Elmhurst, a suburb in Chicago by the Ripper crew. She was missing for 10 days. They found her after a bad smell had been reported to the Rip Van Winkle Motel employees. And police responded to the surrounding area and found her body in a field in Villa Park. So from what I understand, like the, the motel is here. And then there's like the park and there's like a field. So it's all kind of linear. So um, she had been handcuffed, stabbed, mutilated, and her left breast was amputated. And the amount of damage to her body indicated that she had been abducted by a sexual sadist. Due to the condition of her body, the coroner was only able to identify her through dental records. And at this time, the Ripper crew had not been identified. So the case went cold for like a whole year. Um, there were a couple more murders with hard to find dates. So sometime in 1981, Cynthia Smith had been abducted, tortured, and raped, but she managed to survive. Unfortunately, uh, the information she was able to provide the police was not enough to get them to close in on anyone. And after her survival, police had an additional 11 female bodies of mutilated, raped, and tortured sex workers. Um, some of these were attributed to the Ripper crew. When we get to sentencing and all of that, not all of them could be attributed. Um, so with that being said, we are finally going to jump to May 15th, 1982, because I can read now. And the Ripper crew at this point abducts Lori Bar Barowski as she was walking into her realtor office. So she's like, he's in hand, walking into her office. It's broad fucking daylight. And they just scoop her up and pull her in the van. Um, the police had no solid evidence, again, for quite some time, so they decided to use, of all things, hypnosis on anyone who was around the area where Lori was abducted from. One witness was able to recall uh, seeing a red van, but nobody else was able to provide anything with any good detailed information, so all they really had was this red van. Um, so with no other leads or evidence, her case went cold for about five months until her body was discovered in a cemetery in Villa Park. So that same neighborhood, uh, as that first murder. Yeah, it was a, uh, lead detective, I believe, who was the guy in the hypnotism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so random. Like I mean, maybe not the worst thing. It seems to have worked. But yeah. I feel like we're just missing some context for how a guy who's also in the hypnotism just happens to be like a lead detective on 
a very substantial case involving satanic murderers. It, it's fine. Maybe it's just a hobby he had. He used to be a magician's assistant. I don't know. They were probably like, look, as a last resort, if you absolutely have to, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Last resort. He was like, it's my time to shine. I know this shit works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. So shortly after the disappearance of Lori, May 29th, Shu Mock, age 30, was abducted. She had been raped, mutilated, and killed by blunt force, blunt force trauma. So again, there's no really consistent MO there. And then uh, June 13th, we have Angel York, who was abducted by the group of men. They cut her open, um, cut open into her breast, masturbate onto it, and then tossed her out of the van. Thankfully, she survived the attack and was able to give a description of her attackers to the police, but that didn't help. Because if you look at their photographs, they could have been anybody. Well, I mean, yeah, to be honest, for that time frame especially, they look like just about everyone did, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I want to make sure I'm still recording here. August 28th, they snatched up 18-year-old Sandra Delaware and did all of the terrible things I have already mentioned to her and then strangled her with her own bra. And uh, she was found on a riverbank. Uh, September 8th, 30-year-old Rose Beck Davis was stabbed to death and also had all the terrible things done to her. Um, both Sandra and Rose were missing their left breasts. Uh, September 11th, 42-year-old Carol Pappas, who was married to Chicago Cubs pitcher Milton Pappas, uh, was found in her car. That's not going to read properly. She was missing for five years. They, she, her death has been attributed to the Ripper crew, but not, they, they didn't convict any of them on her murder because her car was found in a shallow pond five years after she disappeared. Um, so her death was actually ruled an accident because investigators claim they found no evidence of foul play, but a lot of people attribute her to be one of the Ripper crew victims. Um, I will say after a body is submerged in water for five years, you're going to have a hard time finding any concrete evidence anyway. And it's not to give this group of maniacs any credit, but it's almost like they killed just often enough to be killing, but also infrequently enough to like not allow people to like really catch on to like what they were doing. Yeah, stay under the radar. Mm -hmm. Well, Chicago's huge, especially even back then. So you have to, you know, consider... Probably not every specific Chicago precinct is communicating with each other what murders they have to connect them. At least not then. Um, <clears throat> uh, the last confirmed body was taken on October 6th. Beverly Washington, age 20, was forcibly taken, mutilated, and they also took her left breast, but she was found alive, albeit like barely. Um, she was able to give a description of the vehicle and the men who took her, which finally led police to these guys. So it was enough. It matched some of the other ones they had. They had enough to go on. Um, sorry, my brain is pulling this into a different murder, which is totally separate. So they finally arrested Gecht, but he was released initially due to lack of evidence because he was the ringleader. Obviously, he's older, he's 30, he's smarter, depending on how far you want to go down the Gacy loophole. Gacy did say he had a partner 
if he was Gacy's partner, he knows the ins and outs. Um, so it took a little bit more, but upon further investigation, they found that Gecht had rented a room with three friends at a motel, and they all had adjoining rooms. And the manager at the hotel said that they seemed to be involved in some kind of cult and probably like illegal activity. And so the police were able to just like go knock on the adjoining doors of where Gecht was staying and uh, locate the remaining members and interrogate them. Uh, Spritzer and the Cocorales brothers confessed to the murders. They all folded pretty quickly from what I could tell and read. They also admitted to the cannibalism part. So that's gross, graphic, and in my personal opinion, unnecessary. But um, they were all tried separately, which is interesting. So they weren't tried as a group. Um, sometimes you don't always see that in group serial murders. Um, so Spritzer, Gecht, and Thomas were sentenced to life in prison. Andrew Corcoralis was executed via lethal injection. And he was actually the last inmate to be executed in the state of Illinois on March 17th, 1999. Thank God. Right. Um, so at least they got one of them. Yes. Um, so before I get into this next piece on Thomas Cocorales, I'm going to go to this really interesting article that I found. I think it was Murderpedia. Just give me one second because uh, Gecht kind of gave us some insight into the boob thing. But then he like doubled back on it after talking about it, which I thought was really interesting. But I just, I know some of you are probably sitting there thinking, okay, super random. Also, what the fuck? Well, but also there's apparently a bit of a confession from his wife at some point that he had done kind of some weird things with her prior to all the other yeah. stuff going on. So he apparently had a thing for yeah, so what's interesting is, where the fuck are you? How the hell do you spell Gekt? Where's the C? There you go. What's interesting is, is one of the other members had said he used to do this fucked up shit with his wife, and then one time they got in a fight and he just like cut her nipples off, but they couldn't find any validity to that. I don't know how hard they looked at that. Certainly no way to behave in any kind of fight. No. What did the wife say? His ex-wife. I hope what, that they're divorced. What I what I saw was that she later on, after Gek was in custody, had told police that they were like either together or being intimate at one point, and he got mad at her for something and like cut her loose. So he had apparently done something that very similar type thing. Yeah. So, um, somebody did an interview with Robin Gecht. And uh, they asked, you know, like, what, what's, you know, what's going on with the breast? And so he said, and I quote, well, in answer to your question on obsession with the breast, it is a thing with my entire family going back as I am told to great grandfather. Each of us men have married large breast women. My ex-wife is a 39D and yes, she was very satisfying to me. And then later in the interview, he would say, as to your question about having sex with the breast, I have no real obsession with breast in that form. Only a very sick person would even think that. 
So only a sicker person would actually end up doing what he did. But okay. Yeah. Um. So there's that, and now I know we're already buckled and we're already hanging onto our butts, but um, prepare to be a little bit angry. If we were on Black Widow and the Banshee, this is where I would tell Banshee to grab her drink. Um, it's very early, early for us right now, so all we have is water, so I will just tell uh, Dr. Manhattan to brace himself for anger emotion. <laughs> Because on March 29th, 2019, Thomas Cocorales was fucking released. Um, at some point, he ended up getting a whole new trial where he had bartered his original sentence of life down to 70 years. And he was released because he completed his max sentence required and the courts couldn't prove that he was going to be a violent sex offender his entire life. So instead of being able to move him into a facility for violent sex offenders, they couldn't find enough because he had committed this crime at such a young age to show that he was gonna be a violent creep for the rest of his life outside of prison. Um, which it makes me really, 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 really angry. Um, he has stated in many interviews, you can find them on YouTube, albeit it will make you more angry, that he is not a, quote, monster, and he has no words for the families of his victims. He just feels for them and is praying for them. And I originally, when writing this episode, was going to watch this interview with Dr. Manhattan, but watching it just, like, the two-minute clip made me really, really angry, and I don't want to be in that space for the rest of the day, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, you can go find it on YouTube. It's not going to do anything but make you more angry and see how gross of a human he is. So, um, Dr. Manhattan, you said you had maybe seen where he was more recently? Well, apparently he's, he initially, and even now is in the Aurora area, and he's been like, Colorado? connected with some type of mission place that takes people coming out of prison and sort of, you know, little program there, he's gone through some classes and all this shit, which is neat, but... <clears throat> Mm. Mm. No, I think it's trash. You deal with the consequences of the choices you've made, asshole. Uh, no. Mm -mm. Also, what's interesting is, is out of all of the people, they executed his brother. Mm. So, like, what, what did they have on him more so than the others? I wonder mm. how much he ended up confessing to. Because in all the articles I saw that they, like... Well, he folded. Like, apparently folded, folded. some of it's an IQ argument because mm. they're saying he was more so influenced than anything because of his brother being involved. That makes sense. Um, so that's part of what led to the parole aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and we are, we'll see how things go, but Gecht is 20 years away from his eligibility for parole. Jesus. So hopefully, you know, something happens between now and then that prevents that. Well, so what's interesting is is that Spritzer still like vehemently states that Gecht should have been charged with murder because he did commit a murder. So Spritzer said that in an interview that they had picked up a black female, Gecht shot her in the back of the head and then secured her body with chains and two bowling balls and then threw her into a body of water. He then ended that interview with saying, I understand that body has still not been found. So, 
that's not enough to help keep him in. But I hope maybe Spritzer pulls his head out of his ass and gives them more so they can keep Gecton because clearly none of these guys would have all come together and done this fucking shit without him. Well, not to go down too much of a rabbit hole, but this is where I think it's foolish that there hasn't been more seemingly known uh, investigation into the Gacy connection. Because apparently the time that Gecht worked for Gacy was like at the height of Gacy's killings. Mm -hmm. Well, and you and I have discussed the Gacy stuff at length because after watching a bunch of those documentaries, they went back and they were like, oh yeah, the LIDAR said we need to dig here, 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 and here, and here. And then remember that new police chief dug everywhere but where the LIDAR tech said to dig and said, oh, there's nothing here at the secondary site. We're closing this case. And remember, they also misidentified one of the victims through the dental identification. And they used the same guy that they did in the original pieces of the Gacy case. And I know they still have some unidentified bodies for that case, but it's like there's so much out there. Stop being an asshat in protecting whatever you think you're protecting and use your fucking resources. Right. Or, or if they have, be more honest about it. Like, yeah. There's nothing to lose at this point. It's like, well, I mean, but, depending on who's in charge, I'm sure, sure there's a lot sure. to lose. But but there are some interesting differences because obviously with Gacy, we know there was the homosexuality in some way, and also he wasn't he didn't really have any claims to like this whole satanic vibe. So no. Get in this crew, it's interesting that they, however you want to put it. Because I'm not really convinced that they were actually like satanic worshippers. Although Gecta did have a like makeshift shrine in his attic that they apparently used and like did things at. Yeah. But, but well, you that's... wonder if that was just their way of like, we're going to do this and then like put it under the guise of it being satanic. Because that, that was a thing then. That was a vibe. The satanic that, panic. Yeah. Because yeah. then if they're picking up all of these other people on satanic panic that might have been the the thought process behind that is to throw them off the scent and say oh it's actually this but, group over here but also here. the timing is fascinating because yeah. Gacy was arrested in 78 mm -hmm. this is just a few years after that that they go on, go on their spree mm -hmm. so I'm sure for a from a police standpoint they were probably like really again like a bunch of murders again mm -hmm. like did we just deal with this like well, you can see Chicago on the map. It's fucking crowded as shit. Yeah. Like, this, in the 80s and the 70s, there's no, there's hardly any DNA. Like, you're, there's just nothing really to work with. So unless you can get somebody to come forward or somebody slips up in a big enough way, you have a hard time fucking solving shit. Right. right? And the only reason these guys really ultimately got caught is because... What's her name actually survived? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. What not happened? Who knows? Exactly. It's like fucking crazy. I know now I'm trying to lean over and look at Chicago on the map. It's just fucking crazy. Honestly, if you are listening and you're fascinated by this topic and you don't have a serial killer map, you have to get one. Have to get one. It's, it really is wild to just look at the U.S. and just see where all of it takes place and in what time frame. Is Montana empty? Is that all looking at? Probably. So, for some reason, Montana, Iowa, Mississippi. Tennessee. Don't trust that one. Tennessee. What the fuck's on the other side of Tennessee? Tennessee up there. 
What's on the other side of Mississippi? My my brain's blinking. Okay. I don't know. I'm just getting flashbacks to watching Carmen San Diego and knowing that I couldn't win at the end where you had to put the little poles on the on the map. And South Carolina? I don't know. If you're listening and you're from those states, we need intel. There's no way those spots are empty. Fucking Arkansas is empty? That's yeah, not possible. Not empty. Just based on Clinton conspiracies alone, they gotta have some red dots there. Huh. I wonder if this is just like a... But it also could be like more of a the main or more famous ones too, right? Well, whoever the fuck... I can't remember the seller of this map. They did a great job with the yeah, research. Great job. I'm not complaining, person. Seller of the map. Like, Jesus. Anyway. That's this Wednesday's episode with the group of sadistic a-holes called the Ripper Crew. If you are in Chicago and you can write to the parole board, write to the parole board, keep gecked in. Really, that stuff goes a long way sometimes. I will tell you as a family member of a murder victim, that does go a long way. Please, please, please look into it. See if you can write into it. Um, and just, you know, send as much stats their way. Somebody as manipulative as that cannot get out, even though he's going to play the old, feeble, yeah, I move so slow. Fucking Golden State Killer tried to do the same shit and act feeble and old, but then you watched all the video of him moving around his cell like nothing was ever happening. No. They don't change. They don't. Okay. Rant over for now. Good. <laughs> uh... Thank you all for joining us today. We, I will see you next week for a, another episode of something. It's to be written. And yeah, please remember to like, share, follow, rate, tell your friends. Should be on Apple, Stitcher. I think I figured out Pandora. Not entirely sure. And Spotify for sure. So... Keep your eyes and ears out. If you want to see what any of these a-holes look like, please go over to the Creepy Cryptid Crypt Instagram. I will upload some photographs of their stupid faces, including Thomas's face and what he looks like now, so you can keep an eye out because he's trash. Sorry, I was done writing. Anyway, see you guys next week. Do you want to say bye? So long.